0: Hello, my name is Mark Iskowitz, I'm editor-at-large for MMNM. I'm super excited to be part of today's sponsored podcast with Butler Till, a results-driven marketing agency that is independent, women-owned, employee-owned, and a certified B corporation. Here with me today is Kimberly Jones, president and CEO. Kimberly, it's great to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me. Good to be here.
0: Absolutely. Great to have you here. So it's 2022. We're in the midst of the great reshuffle of people and talent, and more people are aligning their passions and purpose with how they make a living. Priorities are shifting, job hoppings on the rise, and that means marketing firms like yours are battling to attract top, specialized talent and retain their own. You know, Kimberly, I'd like to find out where you see the job market evolving in the context of the marketing ecosystem. But first, let's talk about the issue on a lot of people's minds competing to find talent. We hear a lot about the tight labor market these days which is marked by historically low unemployment rates nationwide and an abundance of available jobs. So how is Butler-Till continuing to attract new hires?
1: I think in today's world, in order to be successful, it's not just about being competitive, but really offering a truly differentiated employment experience. And so I think looking at what it is that's going to attract people to your company versus your closest competitor is something that you need to spend a lot of time considering. And it's not just about the benefit in the base salary package. It's about how you want the experience to feel when people walk through your front doors.
0: Sure. And uh, you guys are doing a good job of making people feel the right way when they walk through those doors. You just moved into a new facility or uh, you were supposed to at the end of last fall, right?
1: Uh, yes, we actually did move in a little bit later than originally expected, but we moved in October of this year into a brand new headquarters in downtown Rochester, New York.
0: Great. And and what's your your headcount um, so far this year? I know last year, End of 2020, you were 186 people up from 157. And it didn't seem like the pandemic had slowed you down at all.
1: Uh, That is definitely true. And this year for Butler Tell, we will end the year at around uh, 225 people. We also made an acquisition earlier this year, a company called Digital Hive, headquartered in Syracuse, New York. And so we added another 50 employees through that acquisition. And in addition to that, we have hired 87 people in this calendar year, which is truly remarkable. So that's an increase in headcount overall.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Sure. Why do you think recruits are choosing Butler Till over other firms?
1: In some ways, it's simple. Uh, Our approach to recruitment and to our employee experience is simply that we want people to succeed in life. And so when we look at that employee experience, we wanna make sure that we provide our people an opportunity to do their very best work and unlock their full potential and also consider their well-being, their financial stability, their health, and generally give them a peace of mind. I think that there are a lot of competing uh, factors for people's time in this crazy world that we're living in. And so we wanna make sure that we're creating a situation where people can give their best when they're at work.
0: Right, and once you kind of agree that that is your end goal, then certain assumptions come into play that you're going to be more understanding of the person's life outside of work, right?
1: Absolutely, and we've tried to create as much flexibility as we possibly can for our employee owners. We've always had a tremendous amount of flexibility, but of course, living through the pandemic and, having out of necessity to enable people to work from home and work remotely, we've just added to that flexibility. So whether they're working in the office or working from home, just providing them personal flexibility and an opportunity to kind of manage the work that's best for each person.
0: Can you tell us about Butler Till's work from home policy?
1: Sure. So first of all, I should say that we are headquartered in Rochester, New York, and the vast majority of our employees are in Rochester but we also have a large contingency in New York City, and then probably another 20 or so people that are truly remote workers uh, across 15 different states. And so that creates uh, a pretty significant dynamic to contend with. So in Rochester, for the people who work out of our headquarters, we have asked that they come into the building Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And we're going to continue to reserve Mondays and Fridays. It's kind of work from anywhere days. People are certainly welcome to come in the building, but they don't have to. And I think that that so far, at least, has struck the balance of trying to encourage in-person collaboration when necessary, but continuing to give people the flexibility that they want. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, that's a perfect segue to my next question, which is that hiring is only half the battle. What have you learned about retaining talent?
1: That's a great question, and I think one of the things that we have done is really held the mirror up to our face and said, are we doing everything that we possibly can to retain the very, very best talent. And we're not resting on our laurels. And so for the first time in a few years, we took a hard look at our benefits package and made some pretty significant changes that we felt were in the best interest of our employee owners, including 12 weeks of salary continuation for maternity and paternity leave. We're also really investing more in learning and development. We feel strongly that people want to do their very best work. They want to do purposeful work, and they want to do work that has a business impact. And so we're going to double down on learning and development and really make sure that everybody has the tools, the technology, and the training they need to be successful.
0: Speaking of uh, making sure that people are able to bring their best selves uh, to work, we know that diversity, equity, and inclusion has taken on greater significance you know, since 2020. And you've told me that um, a big theme uh, at Butler Till is something you call diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, D-E-I-B, which I must admit is the first time I've heard the acronym uh, with the B included. Tell us what this means uh, to your organization.
1: Yeah, so actually as a leadership team, we debated this quite a bit, whether or not to formally add the B for belonging when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. and Initially, I I admit that the question came up of, well, every time that you say DEIB, you're going to have to explain the B. You're going to have to explain what belonging means. But that is the point uh, to talk about belonging and making sure that it's front and center and part of the conversation. So while in some ways it's very similar to inclusion, we believe that belonging goes one step further. So it's not good enough that people feel included in our work environment, but we want people to feel like they are at home. They are part of a common tribe, that they feel like they belong and that they have a purpose and that they have a future at Butler
0: can you talk about maybe elaborating on that point, because I just kind of like to, to hover over that for a second, how that manifests in, in your office? How do you uh, make sure people from, you know, diverse backgrounds, for instance, feel that, that sense of, of closeness, of tribalness, if you will, with their colleagues?
1: Yeah, so we do a number of different initiatives as part of our DEIB program uh, from very formal learning and development. So actual course curriculum on what it means to be an inclusive employer. And the other thing that we do is hold regular diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, what we call listening sessions. So about once a month, we hold a session where we're talking about current events and how people individually are responding to them and it gives people an opportunity to share their perspective to have a voice in a very very safe environment and share that perspective with their peers and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback about that a critical component to creating that sense of belonging is psychological safety making sure that people feel like they can share their opinions without any type of retribution And so going out of our way to create those moments where people can do that, I I think, has been paramount to our success in that way.
0: You mentioned a couple of times um, uh, that Butler Till um, is a 100% employee-owned business. You you referred to your employees as employee owners. And that's a unique distinction in this industry. Uh, Can you talk about how that um, impacts employee tenure, first of all?
1: Absolutely. And you had asked the question before of how you compete in this talent market. And I said that it wasn't good enough just to compete, but you truly had to differentiate. And being an employee-owned company is part of our differentiation. And it not only helps, I think, attract a certain type of individual, but certainly adds to the retention. Surely there's a financial benefit, but I think more importantly, it gives people an environment Where they can have autonomy and feel like they have a voice in the strategic direction of the company
0: and um, that uh, helped people uh whether the the pandemic the early days of the pandemic at least a little bit better right it gave them a sense of uh, of security can you you talk about that
1: yeah no doubt i mean the fact that we are a hundred percent independent and 100% employee-owned gives us the license to make decisions that perhaps our counterparts might not be in a position to make. And so we can make those decisions that might be or create a financial hardship in the short term for the long-term gain of our employee owners. And so throughout the pandemic, we were totally committed and had the commitment of our board of directors not to have any furloughs or layoffs. And I'm really happy to say that it ended up not even being necessary. As I mentioned before, we have added 87 positions in 2021 and continue to grow as we look towards 2022.
0: Mm -hmm. Great. Employees today want to feel a sense of belonging at work. What's your advice for companies uh, in terms of what they can do to support their employees and, and win their loyalty?
1: I think there are a couple of ways that companies uh, can win loyalty, maybe the most basic is simply doing what you say you're going to do. So for us, we take a lot of time and effort to solicit feedback from our employees. We do that in a very formal way with our annual employee engagement survey. And then we also do what we call pulse surveys throughout the year, as well as just kind of informal uh, feedback gathering. And when we have those results from our employee engagement survey, we develop action plans. We don't just ask the feedback, but we do something with it. And I think when you can demonstrate a cycle of soliciting feedback, creating an action plan, making change, and having your employees recognize that, that's what creates loyalty.
0: And that's all the more sort of challenging as a CEO, I'm sure, when you are on the You know in the acquisitive mode so to speak i know you, you just uh, acquired digital hive the past year that's an integration process in and of itself has that been a challenge you know when you're trying to integrate a new organization in, into the existing one to you know make sure that even the new employees as well as the old feel that that sense of, of belonging and support
1: absolutely well acquisitions are always a challenge, (laughs) I would be naive to say otherwise. But in this particular case, one of the things that attracted us to the opportunity with Digital Hive was how consistent their values and their business model was to our own. Uh, And the fact that we shared the same values, had similar cultures, uh, believed in the same things, it made the acquisition that much easier. And so while there was a tremendous amount of work that was done on the back end to integrate systems and to make sure that we had everybody on the same payroll and that technology was integrated i must say that the people component was in some ways the easiest part because out of the gate everybody saw the synergies and i think there was a tremendous amount of respect between the two organizations and we did everything that we could to pull that together as quickly as possible and to give individual people an opportunity to do that meet and greet with their digital hive counterparts and make sure that everybody felt comfortable felt like they belonged and saw themselves in the vision of this combined organization
0: and and with you know the uh working uh, standards that we have today you know with with the hybrid working policies you know some people working remotely some people that are in the rochester area coming into the office um i would imagine that that kind of process is, is made a little bit easier than, say, pre-pandemic, uh, when there was more of an expectation that you were going to see people. You know, I think people are a lot more comfortable with, you know, you know, not having met colleagues other than over Zoom. I know in, in our case, we, you know, people that we onboarded, you know, last year, I just met them for the first time like in October. You know,
1: I think this whole experience has demonstrated how resilient people truly are and how quickly they can adapt to a changing environment. So if you had asked me two years ago whether or not I thought we would be successful if the onboarding process was 100% virtual, I would have said no way. Uh, But the fact that we've onboarded uh, more than 100 people since this whole thing started virtually and been tremendously successful doing it, it clearly proves me wrong. I think you do have to make a little bit more of an effort to make sure that people feel like they do have a place and belong. And so um, it it doesn't quite come as organically, perhaps if they were walking through the hallway. But as long as you have a process in place and expectations in place to do that outreach, to create connections, to develop relationships, I think it can be effective
0: absolutely yeah it's, it's incredible how much we've uh, learned about our own resiliency the last 18 19 months i won't ask you if any other acquisitions are planned because i know that's probably proprietary but um my my next natural question of of course is going to be how do you maintain the culture you know over zoom uh you know can you provide and can you provide some examples of what Butler Till is doing to foster that supportive nurturing environment for its employees despite you know the distance
1: yeah and balancing culture and growth is definitely something that we keep top of mind we talk about growth without compromise and so the last thing that we want to do is compromise what has made butler till so successful over the last 20 years which we attribute largely to our culture just for the sake of growth and so we go out of our way to make sure that we're finding those opportunities, even in a virtual environment, to showcase our culture, to bring people together, to make sure that people feel connected to Butler Till, not just as an employer, but really as a community.
0: Okay. And you know, you've you've talked about how you realized as a management team that you need to do more than just pay attention to the benefits package, you know, in order in order to keep people happy, but Can you kind of elaborate on that a bit more in terms of what firms like yours need to do to keep employees happy and and also make them more effective uh, as marketers?
1: That's a great question. For 2022, we're really putting a huge emphasis on talent. Uh, I know every organization might say that, uh, but we're really putting our money where our mouth is and more than tripling our investment in talent development. And so we're actually creating a whole program really a whole department, if you will, to focus on learning and development. So we believe that if you can expedite the development of your people in a way that makes them feel like they have more purpose and can make a bigger business impact, then they are going to be more engaged, more satisfied, provide better work on behalf of our clients, and hopefully stick around a little bit longer than than they would. And so with our learning and development program, one of the things that we recognize is that managers today really don't have the time to train every single one of their employees. And so that was just a recognition of saying if managers don't have the time and it's not feasible to unlock their capacity, how can we create a different avenue to ensure their employees success? And so by hiring four or five learning and development managers to um, curate curriculum, to facilitate Uh, learning opportunities to identify experiences for growth and development. Um, We really think that that's going to be game changing for our company and for our clients.
0: Well, that's really impressive. So you hired people just to be, um, you know, these um, development professionals to create, curate, as you put it, that curriculum for people.
1: Imagine that, no other responsibility other than to, to grow our departments to grow our talent, to grow our people. That's their core responsibility. No client work, no other administrative duties. We want them to focus on unlocking the potential in each and every one of our employee owners.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And can you kind of give just kind of like a little bit of a generic example of how that would work? Like, in, in other words, if I'm a account executive and I want to get to senior account exec, or if I'm a SAE and I want to get to supervisor, those people would look out for, okay, what kind of accounts, what kind of challenges are coming up that we can put in front of Mark to help get him to that next level?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And in some ways, it's learning and development across an entire department. So in your example, um, a learning and development manager might work with a director or leader of that department and say, what in general does our account management team need to know, need to understand? And they would develop Uh, department-wide training. But then you're also talking about individual development plans. So I think it's important to have an individual development plan for each employee so that they understand what they need to work on to achieve that next level but now they actually have a sounding board. They have somebody to go to and say, if I wanna get to senior account executive and these are the functional areas that I need to excel in, can you identify some curriculum that's gonna help me get there faster? Whether that's through LinkedIn Learning, whether that's identifying mentorship or shadowing opportunities, whether that's leaning on some of our partners, whether it's our clients or our vendors to maybe come in and do a lunch and learn and give people a different perspective uh i think there's a, a lot of different places to draw very valuable curriculum it's just a challenge pulling it all together
0: sure and that's what those people are individually tasked with so that's exactly great right. great great okay i'd uh, just like to close with you know getting you to tell us what you're most looking forward to this year uh, with your team
1: that's a great question and one that i have been spending a lot of time thinking about as a reflect on 2021 We've made a lot of investments in tools and technology, a brand new building, like you mentioned, redesigning some of our workflow and processes. And so as I look ahead to 2022, what I'm most excited about is really exploiting some of those investments that we've made uh, to leverage the foundation that's been built for the benefit of all of our employee owners and unlock their potential. I think that we're gonna have a tremendous year and we'll be able to leverage all of the hard work that we've put into getting here.
0: Well, I look forward to hearing some incredible things from Butler Till. And uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me for a terrific conversation, Kim.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me, Mark.
0: Absolutely. Okay, that was Kimberly Jones of Butler Till, and it was a terrific conversation. Many thanks for listening. Come back soon for another one. This is Mark Iskowitz for the MMM Podcast. Take care, everybody.